Hi there, this is Wade Kipley, and you are listening to Wednesday with Wade. Now, 2020 is, for the lack of a better word, crazy. Teachers are seeing the craziness firsthand this fall. Every Wednesday, I'm going to dialogue with a teacher about learning, about teaching, leading, living, and growing in a year unlike any other. So, join me and my guest every Wednesday on Wednesday with Wade. Blaming all of my roots, I showed up in boots and ruined your blind tie affair. The last one to know, the last one to show, I was the last one you thought you'd see there. And I saw the surprise and the fear in his eyes when I took his glass of champagne. I toasted you and said, honey, we may be thrilled, but you'll never hear me complain. Cause I got friends in long places where the whiskey drowns and the beer takes my blues away. Wednesday, everybody. Wade here. I am joined tonight by Roberta Bennett. Roberta Bennett works at Washington High School for me. I'm going to let her go into detail on what she does at Washington High School here in a second. But uh, thanks, as always, for joining us on this Wednesday or Thursday or whenever you're listening to this. Uh, Roberta, thank you so much for taking the time. How are you doing tonight? I'm well, thanks. Thanks for having me. I feel like I kind of bullied my way onto your podcast, I think. You know, I don't don't want you to feel that way at all. Um, Honestly, and I've I've told people that have kind of asked me, you know, this this is almost, you know, more for me than anything. Um, You know, this is is a way I can kind of cope with COVID. It it gives me something to look forward to. I get to talk to friends, family. Um, So this is a lot of fun. You you were somebody that um, mentioned listening to it and enjoying it. So um, by that fact, um, you got on the show, not uh, not by bullying or anything like that. So, so I'm glad you're here. Uh, for those uh, that don't know Roberta and, and for even those who do, Roberta, just go into some detail, who you are, what you do, all that good fun stuff. Okay, yeah. Um, so my name is Roberta Bennett and my title at Washington is the success coordinator, um, which is kind of a loaded title in a lot of ways um, because I, my primary job and primary focus is on our most at-risk students in our building. So I'm part of the counseling department at Washington. And there's three of us at the high school level in the district. And we get to wear, well, many different hats, I suppose working with our students that are credit deficient, working with students that might have been involved with some juvenile justice issues, juvenile crime, um, transitioning in and out of our building. Maybe they're going to a treatment facility or a residential facility of some sort. That's our struggling learners for whatever reason. Could be a home issue, it could be a learning disability, um, could be a you know, priority is really low in their family for education. And maybe it's the first 
first time students made it to a high school level. So I get to work with um, a really special population, in my opinion. And I'm this is my 11th year at Washington. So yeah, I didn't, okay. I didn't realize you were there so long. That didn't come yeah. out right. I'm not not calling you old or anything. Uh, yeah, talk <laughs> talk a little it bit about the first time I feel old in this conversation. Fair, I don't fair enough. Um, <laughs> Talk about kind of how how'd you get into that role? What's you know, when you went to college, what what did you think you were gonna do, and what kind of led mm-hmm. you to where you're at right now? Yeah, well, I went to Washington High School, um, and so obviously being Washington um, alum is also just a special thing in its own. But my um, journey to back to Washington was. There's a couple different detours. I went to St. Cloud State University with the intention of um, going into business is what I really thought. My mom was a teacher. My sister, uh, who is older than me, went to Augustana and and earned an elementary education degree. My dad uh, owned a business in town in Sioux Falls, and I got to watch my dad be a very respected business owner and respected man. He, I think he ran a, ran a good ship. Um, people appreciated my dad and I saw that. I enjoyed, I enjoyed people, I enjoyed socializing. I worked retail in high school. And so I really thought I would go into business and, and maybe someday be lucky enough to work alongside my dad um, in his, it was a promotional products um, marketing business. And I got to college and wasn't a great student. I mean, I'm inattentive. I have some attention issues and I don't think I took it very seriously, but I ended up in an accounting class, which was obviously a prereq for a business major. And honestly, that professor smelled like mothballs. (laughs) And I remember sitting in that classroom, listening to him and I thought to myself, I am so bored right now, I think I could become physically ill. And really struggled with that because I thought, man, if I can't get through accounting, this is, I think, my second year of college, oof, that could be real tricky, you know? So I called my dad. I remember calling him and saying, oh, dad, are you going to be disappointed if, if this isn't the path? You know, like, right. what if I can't pass this, you know? And, of course, no, he, you know, he just said, you'll find what it's right when it's right, you know, and, and maybe that now's not the time and figure out where your, you know, where your specialty lies, what you're good at. <clears throat> and so by chance, I then fell into a sociology class and that felt like home because that was so easy for me and it was engaging and the people were different. Um, and the instructors were different. They were not just white Midwest straight men. They were, um, you know, I had some wonderful female professors and they engaged in our conversations differently. And I just felt like sociology could be where it's at, but like, what the heck does a sociology major do? You know, gotcha. Um, loved the study of people. I loved all the people that I met. And so I ended up with a sociology degree with a minor in communications. And, and that really was kind of what what led me into the field of wanting to, you know, help other people and be in that 
in that genre of work. Um, so yeah, then I moved back to Sioux Falls for, for some family stuff, but also because I think I was too scared to go do anything else. I think I panicked a little bit and moved back to Sioux Falls. My, my sister had had some health issues at that point. And, and, um, so I moved back here and worked residential treatment for adolescents at what was called Volunteers of America at that time. That was a hard job, but I fell in love with a type of kid that I don't know that anybody else had loved in a right way, you know, like that they cared about and they were taken from their homes for different reasons. And I thought, man, I could, I'm good at this because my heart is big and there's a lot of room in my heart for those kids. And I went to Sioux Falls Seminary after that because I didn't have to take the GRE. And you know, I knew I needed to get a graduate degree. Okay. Ended up at the seminary and then worked at Prairie View Prevention Services for seven or eight years after that. And that was drug and alcohol treatment for adolescents. And so I was in and out of buildings. I got to work at Roosevelt for a couple of years as their drug and alcohol counselor. I got to work in a really cool way under a uh, kind of a grant at Joe Foss. And that was like high school age trouble making kids, man, that was my calling, I felt, you know, and then the position came available as the success coordinator at, at Washington, kind of on a whim, last minute conversation, I got in, I think I was the, they were going to interview six, I think they interviewed me as their seventh, and and landed that position at Washington, which I, which I think was kind of maybe even my, sort of my dream job at that time, um, so I lucked out in that regard, but all my experiences leading up to my position now, you know, we're all stepping stones and I think it all worked out for the right reason. You know, I'm happy to be at Washington. You bet. Is so, it, is it uh, strange at all to be at the school that you went to, you went to? You know, it was right away. Um, because, you know, 10 years ago when I first started, there were still many teachers that I would have had that were on staff. Many of them have since retired now, okay. yep. but I mean, that was interesting, you know, to go from, you know, maybe calling Mr. Reiner, Mr. Reiner, I was calling him Fred, um, you <laughs> yeah. know, in passing or, you know, having that relationship as having been someone's student to now being someone's colleague, it was, everyone was very gracious, of course. And, but then everybody also remembered what you were like when you were, you know, 17 and, yep. <laughs> you know, super awkward and, um, <laughs> Reiner has some, you know, somewhat embarrassing stories of me. I was involved in some of his programs in high school. So, you know, stuff like that. But it felt, it felt right, you know. Um, it felt right and it felt good. And I was treated very well from the beginning. Um, so not strange, but, or so a little bit strange maybe, yeah. but it was right. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm -hmm. well, that's, that's awesome. And you've been yeah. here, been in Washington, you said, for 11 years. Yeah, this is my 11th school year. Okay. Which is insane. To, I mean, that, if you not knowing how long I'd been there made me not feel, I mean, that makes me feel old. That's a long <laughs> time. That's, a, you know, that's an entire decade different of experiences and, yep. and staff turnover and changes. And, yeah. um, and it, every year when staff retire, that, you know, that is, is, is a interesting outlook because then you know we have the young pups come in and it and it still gets to carry through with what that warrior tradition is and and um now i'm one of the old ones there you know so uh, yeah, i don't it's good i don't i don't know if i would call you old 
Not yet. I don't. I don't want to name. I don't want to name names and <laughs> describe who's old and who's middle aged and who's young. But uh, you're. I think you're. You're still doing okay. And yeah, it's. I'm at the point. Um, this is my ninth year of teaching, so it just it it flies by. Um, it's my fifth year at Washington already. It felt like two weeks ago I was just starting. So yeah, and it's just right. It's, it's crazy how fast it goes. And uh, all right, um, let's take a quick break. When we come back with Roberto, we're going to learn a little bit more about her. We're going to do the thunder round. We're going to ask her some random funny questions um, that she's going to answer. So we will be right back. This is Wednesday with Wade. This is a shout out to all the gals, the guests and listeners of the show. Out of the infinite amount of things you could be doing with your time right now, you've decided to listen to this podcast. And I want you to know that really means a lot to me and I appreciate it. So thank you. And I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. We are back with Roberta. This is Wednesday with Wade. We are going to do the thunder round. This is this is one of my favorite parts, um, just asking kind of random questions and uh, seeing what you come up with. So let's do it here. I think there's roughly 10 or so. Um, and uh, we call it the thunder round because it's it's not the lightning round. You don't have to answer quickly. And if we end up going okay. on a tangent, that's perfectly fine. Okay, here we go. First one, what's the best Wi-Fi name you have seen? Oh, man. Um, oh, and I just, actually, I just deleted it from, you know, how your phone stores them? Yep. It's, it was downtown. It was, it was something with boobies. It was like, <laughs> it was something so ridiculous. And Oh, I'm not going to remember what it was now, but it had something to do with that. Okay. And it was so clever because I didn't think about ever naming, I mean, mine just is like Roberta Bennett home or something, you know? Right. So I was really maybe more disappointed that I hadn't come up with something. Gotcha. Not that I would include boobies, but <laughs> I, yeah, uh, I preferred it was something like that. Gotcha. I think one, one really clever one I've seen um was pretty fly for a wi-fi oh that's good i thought that was pretty good okay all right next one if animals could talk which one do you think would be the rudest um (laughs) wow that i think i mean i think all cats probably (laughs) would be a little bit rude um Oh my gosh, speaking of tangents, have you seen that mountain lion video of that guy in Utah who went for a run I, and came across this mountain lion and her cubs? Have you seen that? I, I literally looked, I read the article, like honestly yeah. two hours ago, but I didn't watch the video. Well, it's worth watching. Okay. The language is, I mean, he swears a lot in it, but gotcha. I don't have a problem with the language of it, obviously. But okay. the way that that cat like lunges at him was mind-blowing i had never seen that so i think cats and i have a cat and (laughs) i think that even the way that she looks at me is telling me that she is just flat out being rude so i'm gonna go with cat gotcha okay fair enough uh next one which body part do you wish you could detach and why which body part okay um 
Well, sometimes I would go with an arm and I would only want to detach it when I was, when I'm sleeping because I'm a side sleeper and I feel like if I could just detach that arm, it wouldn't fall asleep. (laughs) I like it. I don't know which, I don't know what direction you're going with these, that one, but I think that's what I would do because sometimes it's just in the way. Yeah, I, I, I understand. I sleep on the side every once in a while too. You can't tuck it necessarily always, or, you know, or you can't, yeah, I don't know. Plus, yeah. I have a dog that's usually up there by my shoulder, and it'd be nice to just detach that left yeah. arm every once in a while. <laughs> okay. I love it. Uh, <laughs> next one, if you were arrested with no explanation, what what would your friends and family assume you had done? Um... I don't know. Probably. I mean, I'm a text and driver, so you know, something with texting, probably, or yeah, I don't know, something okay. probably like that, or I don't know. I'm pretty. I don't know. I want to be. I want to be funnier, but I can't think no, of anything no, fun. No worries. I don't know. I didn't, uh, I obviously, for the listeners, I didn't, uh, I didn't show her these or let her know what these were going to be. So, uh, some of these are tough to come up with something right away. So, so we'll go up text, I mean, texting smart, and driving. I mean, it could be like, a sm- I'm being just flat out being a smart ass, probably talking back to somebody. If gotcha. that's an arrestable defense, okay. offense, I would probably gotcha. get arrested for being a smart aleck. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Okay. <laughs> Next one, what fictional character is amazing in their book or show or movie, but you think would be insufferable if you had to deal with them in everyday situations? Hmm. So I'll I'll give you mine while you brainstorm yours. When I read this, the the first thing I thought was uh, Michael Scott from The Office. Oh, yeah, well, 100%. Yeah, who I find you know, really funny in the show, but if you had to actually be there, it would, it would get old. Um, I mean, maybe Leslie Nope. Okay. I suppose from Parks and Rec, I, obviously she is an incredible character, but I think that if, yeah, I think I would be annoyed by her perkiness and her, her excitement would probably get to me at some point. So maybe Leslie knows. Okay. Right. Yeah. Parks and Rec. Um, what's oh, uh, Aziz Ansari? He would be, he might fall under yeah. that category too. His, his character's funny, but okay. Uh, if, if you were held. Well, at... let's be honest. All of those characters, Wade. Yes, that's true. I mean, that true. show is full of insufferable characters. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't maybe know. not what's... Jerry. What's what's Leslie's like husband's name? Uh, oh, on the on that show, I forget. Um, his, I forget his name. Oh, it's Ben Wyatt. Ben, yeah, he seems normal. <laughs> yeah, every other one is like has some type of personality trait that just makes them makes them insufferable. In I would want to hang out with Andy. He I think be, that Andy would. He'd be a good time. Be, yeah, yeah, I think for sure. Oh, agreed. All right, Parks and Rec. Uh, next one. If you were held at gunpoint and told that if you didn't impress them with your dance moves, you would be killed, 
What dance moves would you bust out? <laughs> um, I mean, I could probably do a pretty great, like, Macarena. <laughs> Very good. Um, electric slide. Okay. I could do the electric slide. Nice. Um, I am not a dancer like you are, Wade. Um, but, I mean, I can cut a rug at a wedding. I can be out there. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. I actually had, uh, speaking of the electric slide, I was in a dance class in college, and that was one of the dances I was in charge of learning and then teaching the class, which was yeah. definitely one of the easier ones. Uh, yeah, do. it's but electric. It's electric. Good tune as well. <laughs> All right. This one's really interesting. Um, Interested to see what you come up with on this one. If you could replace all of the grass in the world with something else, what would it be? Wow. Yeah, just I found this one just very weird and unique. Oh gosh, I don't know. See, I I really hate wind, and so okay. I'm trying to think things that that I would want to walk on that wouldn't then blow in my face. You know, like sand. Okay. Yep would blow up my face um i don't know <laughs> i don't have any idea okay. what what do you i don't i i'm trying to i'm kind of thinking of what my answer would be right now just probably something that's just incredibly comfortable on your feet yeah like memory foam yeah, like just, from my like my bed topper or something. I'm I'm, I'm picturing just Doctor Scholl's <laughs> gel insoles all over the world. <laughs> yeah, I don't just know. Everywhere. It'd be it'd be tough yeah. to golf on that though too. So that's true. I don't know. Yeah, this question I thought was was humorous, but maybe it's just too difficult. Well, I hate wind. I think a lot of people would be like, "Oh, I would want sand out there and that nice white yeah, sandy that's... beaches and stuff." And then I'm like, "No, that's gonna blow in my face." Yeah, that's a good point. Like, Good point. Yeah. All right. Let's transition to the next one. If you could choose one musical artist to marry but could never listen to his or her music again, who would it be? Oh, my gosh. Um, if I married them, does that mean I would never have to listen to their music again? I guess, yeah, that's yeah. the parameters. You, um, you never get to listen to their music. If I'm thinking of someone that I find attractive but think their music is awful. <laughs> I guess so. I'm, going, I'm reframing that question as a counselor would. Okay, um, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> I'm trying to the cost, you know, the cost-benefit analysis here. Um, man, that's really hard. I don't know. I'm going to say I don't know. These are hard, Wade. All right. I apologize. We no, can, it's uh, fine. We can, if you if you brainstorm something, then we, okay. we can touch on it later. Okay. I'll okay. Uh, yeah. few more here. If you had the power to shrink any one object and carry it with you in your pocket, what would it be? These are really hard. All right. Yeah, maybe 
I should have, maybe I should have just given these to you before. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I hate the fact that I've said I don't know a million times as well. Because I do know so many things. I do know so many things. Um, I plead the fifth. Okay. This probably wouldn't be my answer, but I think how cool would it be if you just like picked something out of your pocket and then just like had a grand piano and it was just like started playing tunes. That's I don't even know how to play the piano, but that's just something I thought of <laughs> for that one. If you could play the piano really well, I think that'd be that'd be pretty sweet. If you just oh here we go and then um, pulled it out and started playing. Anyway, okay. Maybe like a little coffee pot, and then I can have coffee with you wherever I go. There you go. I like it. Okay, let's do a couple more. If you could be a fly on the wall, where would you land? I would for sure not land on Pence's head. <laughs> um, I would steer clear of that. Um, you know, I think that I, right now in this in this stage of my like where my head is at, my niece started kindergarten and I would love to watch my niece in school. I would love to see uh, how she interacts with other students and how, um, how she's growing up. And I think it would be really incredible to get that view of how that little person is growing, um, which is not probably philosophically super great for anybody else but I'm really interested to see you know who she's becoming and how she's becoming her own little person and you know taking on those characteristics of her friends now and her teacher and I just am fascinated by the way people learn and so I'm I would love to see how she's learning and hopefully how she's being kind and making friends and stuff like that so that would probably be my answer now gotcha Oh, I like I like that a lot. Yeah. Okay. Last one. What's uh what's one thing people should do every day? Um I think one thing that people should do every day is especially during COVID, which has been really interesting, I think it's important to take a little bit of a personal inventory on on really what's going well. Um, I think when we're surrounded by so many negative things and so things that just everything seems difficult, right? Everything has this extra layer of difficulty. And I think that everybody should take, you know, a couple, I mean, just seconds out of their day, really, to remind themselves of what's going well. I mean, even those that are, you know, really, really struggling right now, they have hopefully have some something that's positive and that's going for them, whether it's a relationship or someone that cares about them or, you know, maybe you have a really good hair day or whatever it might be. But <laughs> it's really taking that time and taking that personal inventory of really what matters. And COVID has done that for, for me, I think. It's put into perspective the things that matter, the relationships that matter to me the most, um, my job and how important that is to me. And I think just taking that time to kind of remind yourself and of that things are kind of going, you know, things could always be worse, I guess, and take inventory of the things you're grateful for. And I think that's important. Yep. 
couldn't yeah. agree more it's it's so easy to yeah. get bogged down in the negative and uh, there's just there's just you know so much of what the media spews out is is negative news and it's mm-hmm. it's easy to buy into that and just you know have that on your mind more than anything positive so so like you said just taking um, taking a moment or two throughout the day to remind you remind yourself that there's there is good um, mm-hmm. great great advice yeah. Let's transition. Um, you were done with the thunder round. I apologize oh. for those questions being tougher than uh, what they were supposed to be. Uh, yeah, if you think back to uh, who you want to marry and never I'm listen to. I'm still thinking about that. <laughs> okay. Um, let's, let's talk about your Mount Rushmore. So this, for the listeners, this is her four faces on Mount Rushmore of teaching. Um, and when I say the word teaching, it's it's very very broad meaning you know just what um you know the people that she's learned from uh the people that she admires and and sees as as role models in life so uh let's let's go through your mount rushmore uh i the first one the first is my parents because they i figured i could say both of them because they were a joint unit for me yep um and my parents um my dad has passed away. Um, my mom lives in Sioux Falls part-time and part-time is in Mesa, Arizona as a snowbird. Um, but my parents, I think, especially now as I'm older and I have dealt with losing a parent and dealing with some pretty serious health things with my mom right now too, I can definitely see the way that the way I am is because of the way they were and are and also the way their parents were with them. They're kind and they're generous. Um, I've already said it before, my dad was a respected um, business person and my mom the same way. My mom taught for years in the district and then when my sister and I were young, she was able to go to work with my dad and my mom's like this kind of badass tough lady and she did mom things and dad things and business things and she taught and she studied abroad when she was in college and she did cool things and um i'm appreciating that more and more as you know i age and as they're aging and as my mom is aging smart and funny people um and they just taught us to do the right thing um there's a lot to be said about them but so my next person would be um, an elementary teacher that I had. Her name was Liz Pope. Um, she was my fourth grade teacher. I went to Harvey Dunn Elementary, and she, at that time, there was clusters, and so there was rooms that were just divided by these kind of barriers. So everything was kind of open concept at that time, and what I remember most about the way that she taught was she fostered relationships. She fostered it's friendships. Um, two of my closest friends are, to this day, are, are um, women that I met in that classroom. And this teacher, she was just able to be fun and quirky. She was firm, yet gentle. She was kind. You know, in fourth grade, your teachers can, you know, hug you and like kind of squeeze you and still, you know, kind of be mom-like. Yep. And she did that very well. Um, she loved theater. Her husband was a theater director at Roseville for a long time. Both of her kids were involved in theater. She just was 
animated and kind and wonderful. She'd let us do independent. This is what I thought of too. This is a side note. She would let us do uh, our independent reading where we would read under her desk and my two friends, their names are Lori and Betsy. And we would like bring our fruit roll-ups under the desk (laughs) and like we would save them from our lunch. And I just remember us like holding up our fruit roll-ups and um, probably talking when we should have been reading. And she just kind of let that happen because I think she knew that what was happening there was just as important, um, you know, in us reading. Um, and she's just a really kind, wonderful, wonderful woman. Yeah. So she awesome. ranks up there for sure. Awesome. Um, my next one, yeah, my next one would be um, an instructor I had at the seminary. His name was J.C. Chambers. Um, and then I was lucky enough to work alongside him as somewhat of a colleague, and he was my mentor. He was just a, a man who saw right through me. Um, he could, he encouraged me in a, in a way that I couldn't deflect. Like I, people would say, hey, you're really good at that. And I could deflect it and change that and not accept that. And I didn't really always probably respond well to encouragement. And, and he always could kind of hit me where it counted and it landed. And I think I believed him, um, but he always treated me very well. He made me feel important. He made me feel like the work I was doing was important. Um, he believed in me more than I think I could ever have believed in myself. And he just saw something in me that I think it took a long time for me to see. Um, and it kind of fostered my my skills in my field and um, just a really cool man. And and similar to my father, just a, a really good man to me. Um, JC has passed away as well, but just really an important person um, to me. And I think of him very often. And um, and during these times, especially like with race relations and things, um, JC is a black man. And I just remember being able to hear from him stories and they would land and they would make sense and he would make me feel validated and comfortable. And I just really learned a lot from him. And I think that's what a teacher a really good teacher does. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And he, he owns a counseling um, agency in Sioux Falls, and a lot of people in Sioux Falls have been um, highly impacted by JC. He's a good yeah. man. Um, my last one, um, I I told Maya Angelou, um, and I, I debated between her and Helen Keller as just people whose quotes land for me, um, people who I think inspire in a very simple one one statement. Um, I really appreciated listening to uh, Maya Angelou in college. I was in a a class called Gifted Women. Um, Just her story was incredible to me, the way she wrote, the way that she, um, and the legacy that she left, you know, I mean, she blazed a lot of trails. Um, And she always talks about what success is. And she highlights when you care about people and people see your heart, that that's success and having compassion and for people, you know, brings perspective and teaches you more about yourself and how to be a better human. So that would be my Mount Rushmore. That's awesome. I really like that. Uh, I really like that idea about success. Um, I think, I think we've lost, you know, you know, everybody has a different connotation of success, but um, you know, you mentioning that success is, is being compassionate and helping others. It's, I wish that's 
that's how we viewed success more as a society and a, and a culture. Uh -huh. 100%. And with the students I work with, I mean, you know, I, and I know we'll get to this in a little bit, but I, I have to allow them to define success as well. Um, and having a conversation with students about what it means to be successful is really interesting because I think we do as a society put out these like grandiose ideas about what success is when, you know, success might be getting to school on time tomorrow, you know? So yeah, it's so little true. stuff. So true. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, awesome list. Uh, appreciate, Thank you. appreciate you sharing those things, being vulnerable there in some instances. Uh, yeah. That's Roberta's Mount Rushmore. Awesome list. We're going to take a little break here. We're going to come back and Roberta's going to talk about um, a little bit more about her job and uh, why she freaking loves it so much the way <laughs> she described it to me. So uh, we're going to be back with Roberta. This is Wednesday with Wade. Wade here. If you are looking for a podcast that is a lot better than this one, then I suggest you check out my buddy Sean Leary and his podcast, No Credentials with Sean Leary. It is a sports podcast, a ton of fun. Uh, check it out and you can find it where you find all your podcasts. Again, that is No Credentials with Sean Leary. Kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Cream colored ponies and crisp apple strudels, doorbells and sleigh bells and schnitzel with noodles, wild geese that fly with the moon on their wings. These are a few of my favorite things. We are back. This is Wednesday with Wade, episode six with Roberta. Roberta, uh, you love your job so freaking much. Why don't uh, you tell us tell us why? Well, I think there's a lot of different reasons that I that I really love my job. I think doing my job in in a building that matters um, in our community and it matters in my own personal life is important too. But I. The thing that I love about my job the most is getting to work with students who are the most at risk yet creative and funny and wonderful. And they are sometimes the most frustrating to other people in the building. And to me, I get in the position that I have an office and shut the door. I mean, not now because of COVID, but to shut the door and, and get to talk to a student and find out what they're carrying, um, what they're bringing in with them. My students aren't typically the ones that are recognized on, you know, in the newspaper or that are being held over the announcements for obtaining, you know, high GPAs or winning awards for character counts or whatever it is sometimes. Right. Yep. But, you know, but really my students are, are, are the, are the people that are going to fill into this world to make our world go around. And each one of my students, I feel deserves an opportunity to have school, have education. And sometimes I have to figure out how, how do I make that work for them? I always say to them, like, I, I, I had some negative experiences in high school. I didn't have some great interactions. I mean, teenage girls were terrible 20 years ago too. Um, and 
I, I liked, I liked it enough to want to be in a high school every day. And I have to figure out with them, how can I make this place better for you? When you walk in these doors, what are the barriers that you're, that you're finding and what are you carrying in with you? Like what happened 10 minutes ago? What happened 10 years ago? You know, many of my students are just ridden with um, trauma and have been dealt not a great hand. And, you know, when you're 14, 15, you know, 18 or 30, if you don't have the right people on your team, you're, you're not ever going to feel supported and you're never going to feel, you know, going back to what we were talking about before, you're never going to find and feel successful. Um, and I just love that with my students, I get to be um, a lot of different things to them. I think I'm a counselor to some. I think I'm kind of a mom-like figure to some of them. I think that they trust me and are comfortable with me in different ways than they might be, you know, with a teacher or, you know, with their, even with their regular school counselor, maybe just because of the approach that I have and that I get to take with students and they just deserve an opportunity to, to do well. Um, And I'll go to bat for them and I get, I get into arguments with other people. I defend the kids that are hard to defend sometimes and I lose out because (laughs) they do, you know, they do screw me over. You know, they absolutely do. I'll go out on the, I will go out on the, on an limb for any of my students. And most often time, I mean, oftentimes they will, they will screw me over and I'll be right back by their side, you know, teaching them too how to apologize, you know, how to, and I let them know, I mean, you screwed me over. I am disappointed and I'm not giving up, but you have to figure out how to make it right with me, you know? Um, and that's humbling for students and for me too, to say, you have to make this right now. I will go to bat for you again in, in 10 minutes. If you can figure out, uh, how to take accountability and responsibility for what you've done. And I'm telling you what, like, I love graduation day because I do get a little worked up about it because like when my, some of my, when some of my students walk across that stage, some of them are the first kid in their families to have that experience and that's awesome it is it is so cool and I mean it's an amazing experience for every kid it's an accomplishment I'm not taking away from you know from the other students that that do it and and did it without even you know a second you know second glance but you know some of them and then to have those parents that I've been involved with too for four sometimes five maybe six years for some of them you know to be at that graduation ceremony and have a kid pull me aside and introduce me to their parents or introduce me to a sibling I love that when I you know like at this last ceremony we were outdoors and a kid pulled me aside and said I want you to meet my little brother and then he says to that little kid who's like I don't know they all look the same when they're little to me so maybe like (laughs) fourth grade fifth grade I don't know could have been middle schooler for all I know he said when you go to high school this is someone who you know she'll be on your side and that's really cool. And, um, that's enough for me, those small successes. I always say that there's, they're few and far between, but when they're big, they're big and they land and they land for a really long time for me. Um, and some of the students that I've worked with, I've maintained some level of relationship with now, you know, and, um, kids that I worked with in my drug and alcohol days who are 
moms and dads and husbands and wives now. And it's mind blo- it's mind blowing because 15 years ago when I would have been working with that student, um, you know, I would like to think that I gave them a sense of hope or a person that they could listen, that they was listening to them, that they felt heard and went on to do something better. And now they'll acknowledge me for it or request my friendship on Facebook or whatever it might be. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, to know that you played a role, it's similar to, to, you know, you as a teacher, knowing that you have in some way, hopefully changed that student's perspective in a better way and gave them a little tidbit of something that makes them a productive member of society. Yeah. So, so and true. I love, and it's a, it's a unique position because again, I, I am working with, you know, kind of that 5% in our building that they're being sent to the office or they're being pulled out of classes to meet with their probation officers or they're in JDC or they're at home in bed when they should be in school. And, and that's a, it's a tricky population, but you know, I mean, I, if, if I weren't there, maybe they were, there wouldn't be anyone to care about them. And yeah. maybe when they walk in the door, they know I care about them and that's enough to get them in the door. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think yeah. you brought up, you brought up a good point um, earlier on, you know, so many times, you know, these kids, they go to classes and, you know, they're, they're regular ed teachers. Um, they can be a bit much for them and it's, it's hard for, hard for teachers to empathize for these kids. Um, because, mm-hmm. A, because, you know, they, they probably misbehave a little bit too much, uh, but B, they don't really know their story. Okay. Um, and that's, and that's why your role is so critical and crucial. You're the one that really gets to know them, gets to know their story and hopefully, um, you know, helps, helps get, get them in the door. And like you brought up, um, you know, a lot of the times they might be that first kid to graduate in their family. And that's, that's, that's such a crazy, awesome accomplishment that, uh, mm-hmm. might not have happened, um, without, you know, you know, it might have been just you, but uh, there's probably, you know, quite a few um, people in that building that uh, that helped them get there. So that's. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, 100 percent. Right. I'm not I'm saying all the all the it's all not all on me. I mean, our building, I feel, has a team that's always backing me up. I mean, I might be the one that's pushing for us to go out on the limb for a kid. But, you know, I had a team that backed me up and principals that listen to some wild ideas, you know, Um creating a behavior program the way we have was kind of a wild idea back in the day. And uh, we've seen some success stories come out of that program. And I'm, I'm happy to be a part of that. I'm happy someone said, yeah, that sounds a little bit nuts. Let's see what you can do with it. Yeah. And it's been home for a lot of kids over the last five years, you know? So yeah, yeah definitely a team effort. I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not a solo player in the whole, in the whole game for sure. Oh, but, uh, but you are one of the MVPs. How about that? It's a team effort, but you need yeah. you need all stars, and uh, we'll put you in that category. Oh, well, that's nice. Well, Thank you. You betcha. All right, you ready to do some trivia? Oh yeah. Okay, so you gave I'm me. I'm nervous now. I'm nervous. I, well, you you gave me five things that you you said you enjoyed or you <laughs> do or you know. So those those are going to be the topics. Uh, so the first one is the sound of music. Oh my gosh. So you okay. so you really enjoy the music or the movie or both, I assume? <laughs> All of it? All of it. Okay. Yeah, like Julie, I'm I, 
I watched it for the first time a few years ago. Maybe I watched it in uh, in high school or middle school. As, uh, in school, I don't remember, but it is really long. <laughs> is is what I took away from it. Um, I'm not yep. a huge musical guy, um, so I just yeah. Anyway, um, not to take away from your love for it. Sorry. Okay, so your first question is the sound of music. Uh, your question is, The Sound of Music won the best picture in what year? I will give you a hint. It's the 1960s. Uh, I'm going to go with 65. You are incredibly close. It was 66. Uh, 66. 66. Good yeah. try. Now you know. Thanks. All right. Second one. Uh, we talked about golf. We actually sat down and um, had a little breakfast this morning, and uh, we talked about golf. I'll have you share that story here in a second. Um, oh, if you're on a par five and you make make the ball in the hole in two shots, do you know what that's called? Um, if that is, yes, I do know what it's called. I've never had one of those either. Um, why can't I think of the word? Well, it's a double eagle, but it's then they call it, um, oh my gosh, albatross. Albatross. There you go. Well yeah. done. Yeah. All right. You want to, uh, do you want to gloat and tell your <laughs> recent golf story? Um, well, yeah, sure. I will because it was, it was really cool. And it's, it's a first for me. I've been golfing most of, most of my life. Um, and on Saturday when I was playing at Elmwood, I, on a par four, had a, an eagle, which means that my second shot, went in the cup and so that's never happened to me I was about 118 120 yards out and I thought it looked good and I thought it felt good but I didn't I was uh, below the hill a little bit and some of the two of the guys that I was playing with um they both said that is that is good but that's I mean that is in the hole and I was like nah but it was I walked up there and I mean what an easy game when you don't have to putt so I walked over to the cup and picked up my ball and got to take a two that's exciting yeah that's that's still have never had one but that must see how it feels because that's the distance of some par par threes that i would be on so i i can do it now that's my goal i guess it's 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 attainable my uh my dad has gotten gotten one that means anybody can that's 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 what i know i have a friend too who's husband is a golfer and and she's really not and she of course got one by (laughs) Popping the ball yep. and having it run perfectly and landing in the cup. And, of course, I was insanely jealous and excited for her. But that just goes to show that, yes, it can happen to yeah, anyone. That's, that's, that's a lot of luck. Yeah, um, oh, for sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. We got uh, we got that one, one for two. Okay. All right. As we are speaking, uh, taping this podcast, uh, The Bachelorette <laughs> is happening. Um, so The Bachelor slash Bachelorette was your next topic that you gave me. Uh, I mean, that was kind of joking, but I mean, it's, it's a guilty pleasure. I, I, I feel you. Um, yep. so your question is how many seasons of the bachelor have there been? Oh, no idea. Season of the bachelor. Correct. Uh, not the whole, not the bachelor, bachelorette, only bachelor. Just, yeah. Just the bachelor. I don't know. 11. 24. Oh my gosh. That's according to whatever site on Google. Okay. I found that, but. I did take about five years off from watching it altogether because 
it was driving me crazy. And then um, a friend from work dropped it in my, she, th- she thought we could, you know, kind of watch it together. And so I started watching it again and then it just sucks you in, you know, I mean, yep. it's the, it's the drama wait. It's the most dramatic season ever. <laughs> so, 24. Uh, 20. Yeah. 24. Well, yeah. Nuts. Then you I got could, Bachelor in Paradise. Name, I could maybe name like three of those people. Oh, Bachelor in Paradise. Yeah, I watched that crap too. Yeah. There's is that the only spinoff? Is there something? Is there anything else? Um, there was. I don't. Wasn't there something where they put them all in a house or something too? Not just on the beach. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm asking you. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, anyway. I'm happy to not know I'm that. Gonna, I'm going to plug The Bachelorette only for the fact, and I talked to you about this before we got started. Uh, a former um, opponent of mine in sports, Dale Moss uh, from Brandon, is is on the show this, this year. So um, as much as I dislike saying this, I will probably give it a watch just to see him. Plus he's handsome, Wade. He's a good-looking dude. Yeah, I he was is. I was jealous of him for more than uh, more than one reason <laughs> in high school, as he was dunking on me. Um, yeah. just... I was gonna say, obviously, I've never seen him in person, but he's a I've seen him in those in the pictures and the promos. He's a tall drink of water. So yep, probably you know six four ish, just yeah. athletic, yeah. good-looking. Uh, life's rough for Dale Moss <laughs> right now, right now. I think he's a model in like New York or something. I don't know. I'll probably I'll learn more about them with the show. Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, twenty-four seasons. All right. Let's uh, uh, let's go to the fourth. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this one. So, prohibition was repealed in 1933. Uh, this quote is from whom? And it's the president. What uh, he said. What America needs now is a drink. Who who said that? I don't I don't know your history skills. I yeah, I don't either. I'm trying to I feel like I've seen it on <laughs> I think it's on a can of beer <laughs> okay. that I have consumed. I don't know in the thirties. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Was it well Roosevelt? Correct. Was yeah. he F- at that time? FDR. F- FDR, there you go. Way to persevere. Oh there you go. I have, fr- I have friends that are history majors. They'll be maybe slightly proud of me on that. But I really think <laughs> it's because I've seen the quote that's, in the FDR. That's how we learn. That's how we learn. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Last but not least, uh, your last category um, that you you said you enjoyed uh, was Garth Brooks. Yeah. And I'm sure you're not alone. Uh, Garth Brooks, and I i just looked these up. I know very little about him. Um, Garth is actually his middle name, oh. is what I found. Do you know oh. his real first name? No. And it's very, I've never heard of this name. Does it have anything, to, it doesn't have anything to do with Chris Gaines, does it, when he came out as that? Uh, no. Oh, okay. I don't believe so. I have, no, I have no idea. I didn't know that he had a different first name. Okay, so according to my sources, uh, it is Troyal, Royal with a T in front of it. Troyal? Yes. 
Wow. I might no. have to be fact-checked on that one. I don't, it sounds kind of made up. But I thought, wow. I thought it was interesting. He's good. I mean, Garth is probably the right way to go on that whole deal. <laughs> yeah. Troy Brooks. I'm not sure he would be the uh, mega country star. Uh, maybe you would ask me what his first wife's name was, and I would have known that. Okay. I, I think that is one thing I saw when I, I decided to uh, go with Troy. Oh, yeah. no. I yeah. did not know that. Yeah. So if you if you see him at some point, maybe throw in like that. A troil sign. I've never even heard of that word. Yeah, I don't. That's not. That's a made up name. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I've seen them in concert, but I don't remember seeing any signs that said like "We love you, Troil." <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, it's it's definitely. I I feel like it's not common knowledge. I've never heard no. of that, or it seemed weird, but. Okay. I like that. Thank you for teaching me there something we go. We're, we're, new. We're learning something every day. Okay. I'm still thinking about a musician that Fair I enough. wouldn't have to listen anymore if I okay. married him. Well, we're going to take a break and let you uh, think more on that. We're going to come back. <laughs> Roberta's going to talk about her dog. Um, do you call do you call Mowgli the warrior dog? Uh, I think that that actually came from Dan Conrad. Okay. But so. he is now termed... The warrior dog. The yep. warrior dog. So Mowgli, we're gonna come mm-hmm. back and Roberta's gonna talk about how awesome Mowgli is. We will be right back. This is Wednesday with Wade. Wade here. If you are a fan of the Warriors of Washington High, then I highly suggest you check out the podcast called The Warrior Way, led by Jeff Tobin and Grant Scouten. They visit with a member of the Washington High School community every week on Thursday that comes out, and you can find that podcast where you find your other podcasts. Again, that is called The Warrior Way. She is going to talk about the warrior dog coined by former principal Dan Conrad. Uh, Roberto, what uh, what do you want to touch on with Mowgli? Um, well, I just think that it's really changed the dynamic of my job a little bit too. And uh, the great thing, so Mowgli is um, my dog. He's a German Shepherd Husky mix. He's about 80 pounds. I acquired him through a friend of mine who was fostering fostering him and his mom was a rescue from the reservation and she was taken into foster care and then all the puppies were born in foster care and so then I would never have thought in a million years that I would have a giant dog I have another dog who oftentimes gets left out his name is Cooper and he's 15 years old and a little beagle mutt and so when this opportunity came to hang out with this dog Mowgli, his name was Mars at the time, and it just kind of clicked. It worked really well. He had such a calm, cool demeanor, and he just was so flipping cute when he was, I mean, he's cute now too, but as a puppy, he was so cute and just fluffy, and I thought, well, this is working really well, and 
I'll just have another dog, I guess. And everyone thought I was a little bit nuts. And I, so the behavior program in the building that I mentioned earlier is called the Pride Room. And the, there's a, a side door that's by the Pride Room. And one day I had come home to let him out of his kennel because I was crate training him when he was a puppy. And I come home and the kids were desperate to meet him. And so I brought him to the side door and brought him into the pride room and let him run around with the kids. And, and he was just perfect. And I saw some of the toughest kids just melt and kids that maybe weren't even comfortable around dogs. And he just can kind of sense that. And he would know kind of where to go and where to lay. And he was, it was just really cool. And I thought, man, what if, what if I could bring him regularly and, what could that do? And I had done some research on pet therapy and in the program that I worked in and Joe Foss, I talked about before, they have always had dogs in their building. And I just always thought it'd be something really interesting because really what dogs do for a lot of students and, and not all of them. And I, I know that, and I'm very cognizant that not every student in our building likes the fact that there's a dog in our building, but it levels the playing field for a lot of kids. And the cool thing about Mobley being there, you know, once or twice a week or whatever it's been now is it's really expanded this, the student population that I get to work with as well. And that has been what's been probably the best thing about him being there is me getting a chance to meet students that I wouldn't normally get to meet and form a relationship with students and watch them with my dog and see sides of kids that you wouldn't normally see. And kids that are having rough days and they can just kind of come in and hang out and play with him or sit with him or read to him or whatever it might be. It's just a really cool thing. And um, Dan Conrad, our former principal was for it. And he said, yeah, I think it's, it's great. Bring him in and, you know, just keep him obviously near you and on a leash and those kinds of things. And he mostly is sometimes he gets some free reign. He is out in the counseling office sometimes and he knows where the treats are so he's sometimes <laughs> honored us being services but to be honest it's just been such a, a blessing and he is a really cool um addition to my family and I am just I just I'm blessed that he gets to come to school and that he's accepted there and welcomed and and the kids get to you know have one day out of their week where they're out racing him or walking him or doing you know those kinds of activities that they you know maybe wouldn't have had the opportunity to do or one kid was like so sad when he was meeting him one day because he moved away from his parent who had the dogs in his life and so he doesn't have a dog now because they live in a place where they can't and so he comes down and just you know gets some love from Mowgli and then that's kind of it for his day you know I never would have met that kid I wouldn't have known that kid's story and now he's a kid that I get to, you know, see every week. And, and that's cool. That's fun for me. And I think it's pretty special that our building will allow it and that he gets to be there. So yeah, that is, that's that is awesome. And it's, you know, it's those little, little moments, little stories like you just brought up that, uh, yeah, that wouldn't happen if, uh, if Mowgli wasn't there. So that's, that's cool. And I know, yeah. you know, personally, I know some of my students have been positively affected. Sometimes they maybe want to go see Mowgli too often um yes. but um but overall it's it's a good positive thing so that's that's yeah. awesome and you know the unconditional love that pets can give I I was never a pet person I didn't grow up with pets so um I can't comprehend it as as well as as some others but 
So it's that unconditional love that you get from pets um, that can just kind of change your day. Yeah. Well, and I think that too, that for many students that are comfortable around dogs, there is an, a, an interesting calming thing about a dog, you know, and not judgmental. And you can just, if you're having a bad day, you can sit and cry with my dog. You know, you can sit there and, um, you can yell at him or you can yell in the room or he just is going to sit there and he just wants to be <laughs> now, now he hears me. And so he's over trying to give me a hug. So gotcha. we yes, I'm said, uh, said his name one, one too many times. Yeah, uh, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're going to ask Roberto. We're going to ask you here uh, for a memorable story when you work. I'm not sure what just happened there. Uh, when you work in education, um, you're bound to attain stories every year and uh, ask you to share one memorable one, whether it's funny, sad, serious, whatever the case may be. What uh, What's one story you want to share with us? Um, well, I'll share kind of a funny one, and maybe it's a little bit disgusting, but there was a, a student who I had gotten to know pretty well, a female student, and at the time, we only had male administrators that were dealing with the situation, and they were under the assumption that she perhaps had something on her that she shouldn't have on her, and the cameras indicated that she'd gone into the bathroom or into one of the student bathrooms and then had come out of the bathroom and so perhaps had, you know, ditched whatever she may have had, and so then they came over to me and said, well, we need somebody to go in, into the women's restroom and kind of search through and see if you can find anything and I was a little taken back because like I didn't expect that I would have to go and search through garbage receptacles and no one really told me what I was looking for I assumed I was looking for you know something drug or tobacco related and so I get gloves of course you know and I go into the restroom and I'm searching through the garbage receptacle and I find a uh, positive pregnancy test. So it turned out that what she had had in her hands and passed back and forth was a pregnancy test that somebody had taken and it was positive. So I got, I remember walking back into that office with a gloved hand saying, <laughs> I don't know what you guys thought I was looking for, but this is what I'm presenting as my findings. So that was an interesting day and not, you know, Rarely do I have to wear rubber gloves at work, but I, I'm glad that they were there for me that day. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, the I don't were the principals relieved. I I assume that's not something you can really get in trouble for. No, right. And I I do think that there was probably some other, you know, some other funny business that was happening. But gotcha. uh, in that moment, we we all got a pretty good laugh out of it. So. Yeah, and it wasn't hers. It turned out to not be okay. hers, and that was also a weird thing about it. Was I'm not really sure where it came from or why she had it, but it was never that student's, and so that was a good thing too. So oh, okay, yeah, that weird. Is, that is strange. Okay. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. That's something you just pass. I don't. I'm not a female. I don't. <laughs> I don't think that's something you just pass around, and maybe no. maybe it was like to to scare him straight. Be like, hey, here's this is. This is what it looks like. You don't want this at this time in your life. I don't, I don't, right. Who knows? Okay. Let's, yeah, 
let's let's just say that that's the case. I don't okay. know. All right, fair enough. Okay, let's uh, let's finish up with a couple things here. Um, this is the last or one of the last things I ask my guests. Uh, this is your one big thing. This is the thing you want people to remember you for and to kind of emulate and put into action in their own lives. Um, I know that you have a niece that you care about deeply, um, so this is probably something you want her to learn from you. Uh, what's your one big thing? Well, I think I've, I mean, I've probably touched on it already when I've talked about, you know, like my Mount Rushmore people that have impacted me or why I love my job. But I think that my one big thing was to know that when you come into my world that I, I genuinely care about people. Um, when I think about what I want students to rem- you know, remember me for, I want, I want them to think that is the lady that cared about me. That is the lady that listened to me. That's the lady that treated me with respect and that truly saw, saw me in, in, in that state, whatever that might've been. And, um, I really think that as a person and the people that I care about, I just, I hope that they know that it's a genuine care and, um, and that it, it's just really important to me to be kind and, and careful about, you know, how we live our lives and make sure that we're doing the right thing. And I learned that from my parents and just caring and having a big heart and, that they're listened to. Yeah, their voice matters. I think, you know, some of my students, I don't ever think uh, have been told that what they have to say is relevant or has value. You know, they're right. often, you know, they're being, they're being hushed by somebody and I want them to be heard. So. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. One big thing. Love it. That's, it's, yeah. it's been really fun listening to, you know to these and what what people deep down really care about and it's it always stems in some kind of of being compassionate and caring about others and um, that's what it's all about one big thing all right let's finish off here i don't know um how much knowledge you have of the nfl football in general or sports for that matter uh but the last thing i have my guests do is pick the monday night football game uh, so this coming week, we've got the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I should write, I think I know their records. Arizona Cardinals are 3-2, and two, and they are at the 2-3 and three Dallas Cowboys. Uh, the Las Vegas people have the Cardinals winning by two or three. They're favored by about two and a half points. Uh, so what, uh, what's your pick before you do? Uh, Rod, my buddy from Pier, last week picked the Saints. And they won, so we are now at a five and one guest selection record. So uh, okay. the only one that missed is uh, Justin Hyde. So make sure you give him a little crap the next time you see him. And uh, let's let's try to keep the uh, streak alive. Cardinals at the Cowboys. Who do you got? Um. Well, I should against probably what other. I know a lot of Cowboy fans. I'm going to choose Arizona Cardinals. My mom is a Vikings fan. But what she lives, my mom's a huge sports fan. Um, but because she lives part time in Arizona, she really started following the Cardinals. And so I'm going with the Arizona Cardinals. Okay. I love it. Because yeah. mom, cause mom would want you to. And that's, yeah. that's more important right. than knowing anything about the teams. 
Yeah, and usually, like, in high school, I would have like, talked about their outfits and stuff. My friend was the quarterback, <laughs> and I always said that I, you know, I really like how you look in your outfit, and it would really make him mad, you know? So, gotcha. sometimes we choose by outfits. Okay. I love it. So, by their outfits, I, you know, I guess I like red better than blue. Okay. I don't know. There but. you go. All right. They'll probably, <laughs> and they'll probably win, um, not for that reason, but um, it's always... And then, does that quarterback has, like, a cool story, too, right? Didn't they get... That kid, I don't know. Never mind. I'm not going to know what I'm talking about. But I thought that that quarterback had, like, a really cool story or something about how he ended up or in there or something. Yeah. Gotcha. I'll Google that. Okay. Fair enough. And I, are you talking about the Cardinals quarterback? Yeah. Okay. I don't I don't really know that much about him, to be honest. Okay. He is good. The Cowboys quarterback had a gruesome injury last week, but he's out. Oh. Uh, Dak Prescott. I don't know if you know that name no, I, but yeah he had a terrible ankle injury so he's out so so it's probably a good pick just for that for that fact as well but all right nailed it there you go we'll see what happens hopefully you can continue yeah. the streak we'll be six and one looking good uh roberta i appreciate you coming on this is a ton yeah. of fun i uh, appreciate you i uh, appreciate everything you do at washington for your kiddos and just the staff in general uh you're a person that's uh Know, goes out of their way to do some things to kind of build staff morale so uh we appreciate you in that role as well and uh thanks again for coming on and uh, doing this podcast with me yeah thank you thanks for saying those nice things i'm, I'm happy to be a warrior and glad you're there with us too so Absolutely. thank you thank you okay and thank you to the listeners. This has been Wednesday with Wade, episode six with Roberta Bennett. I hope everyone has a great rest of their day. Stay positive and test negative.